Welcome to Girl Build Your House. I'm your host, Jen, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm looking forward to this episode, but first, I hope you'll take some time to go back and listen to the last episode with Vicki Callmaker on self-defense. It's a topic I feel passionate about, and so I'm taking this second episode to interview someone that's very dear to me who has experienced multiple assaults, but has now become the wiser for it, and I pray that we can all become wiser by hearing out her story. When you consider how to build your life in your home, especially as a woman, you have to take self-defense seriously for two reasons. First, being aware for yourself. We are in this world, but we're not of it. That's what the Bible says. So that means we're still subject to the very things that this fallen world shows us every day, and that includes assaults. As a believer, we have the joy to call on the name of Jesus for our protection, and it's something that the Bible is chock full of promises for the believer, but you can't be stupid. You have to be aware, and if you need training to become more aware, you have to take the time to get it. It's a skill that will lead to life for both you and your family. Second, I believe we need to take self-defense seriously as a gatekeeper for our families. You and I know as women, no matter what stage or age in life you are, uh, you may be aware of your surroundings and practice a lot of self-defense protocol yourself, avoid being a target, but I'm curious, you know, your family, your friends that are around you, both men and women, boys and girls, are they aware? Are they, you know, equipped? I hope this interview is a bit of a wake-up call for you as we never think it can happen to us or the ones that we love, right? It always happens to someone else. Well, my guest today is my niece, whom I've known since the day she was born. I literally was in the delivery room with her when she was born 24 years ago. She's so special to our family for a lot of reasons, but what comes to mind is just being the first grandbaby to my parents, the firstborn to my sister and her husband, and she was a miracle baby, Emma Ellen Faith, and there's more to that story. She's dear to my heart, and at 24 years old, she's already lived quite a life. Uh, What we share today, though, is notably going to be a bit tougher, a tougher part of her story, I know, though, it's going to inspire action and it needs to be told. There were so many good things that I believe are going to come out of this, and I'm looking forward to seeing what God has in store for my niece's part of her story, the rest of her story. While being her own person completely, in many ways, it's kind of a family joke that she's also a little bit like a mini-me. My sister once said, I don't know what happened, but I had your daughter. So of course, she's endearing to me in all her little ways that we mirror one another. That being said, we're going to jump into a recorded conversation that we had for this podcast. I admit it's a bit choppy coming in, but bear with us. Emma Schofield has a story to tell, and it needs to be heard. So here we go. Would go, but I just feel like it's to get a real story out there and maybe, you know what I mean? Like, just- no, absolutely. Just to have it out there. Cause it is, um, it just, at least in my experience, uh, of sharing the story, because I've told it many, many times and it's often under the, um, or within the context of like just women taking care of themselves. And okay. yep. most of the time when I've had, uh, these kinds of conversations, it's usually under the whole guise of like, this just never happens. Or like, that's crazy that that's happened to you this many times. Like that's pretty random and rare. And it's in some ways, yes. I mean, every single person's um, experience with trauma and with attacks by men or women for that matter or personal, but it's not something that is for, uh, television or like a documentary or the one-off situation that happened because you were at the wrong place at the wrong time like it happens all the time under any circumstance at any time it doesn't matter what day it is what time of the day it is absolutely where you're living you know Um, absolutely and for yeah for those that are listening to Vicky's last week she gave so many of the statistics that are very real and so go back and listen to that episode for sure let's talk about this you know let's talk about our self-defense and taking care of ourselves that's exactly what it is I like how you said that Emma yeah absolutely well I mean I think the first real 
the first traumatic experience I had, which I'm still in the process of grieving (laughs) and healing, you know, because those two, at least in, in my world, go hand in hand because you'll have moments of like, where you think you're fine <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah I'm totally over that and then something random pops up and it triggers that memory and you have anxiety out of nowhere and just realizing um what's safe and what's not but was back in 2018 and I had just turned no I had not turned 20 yet. I was still 19 at the time okay. it was in May and this was when I was living at the cabin in Redmond which yep. You know, for the people that are listening, it is a hidden gem, really. It is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Love the cabin. Yes. Me, too. And it it's uh, a cabin on roughly five acres, which in Redmond, it's a suburb of Seattle. And it's, I mean, it's surrounded by condominiums and apartments. And it is a very odd little area because you drive up this long (laughs) winding road of condos and then out of nowhere, it just cuts into woods. And then there's this tiny little bridge that goes over and then the cabin kind of sits in this, I would like to call it a V shape. When we lived there, uh, my mom would always reference it as the Nevada, like the tip of Nevada. (laughs) (laughs) The tip of Nevada. Yeah, it's where our house would lay on. And then the rest of the property would kind of expand up from there. And there were two entrances to that home. Um, There was one down below us that was about an acre and a half in and was shared by our neighbor. And then the secondary one was what we would normally use as our quote unquote driveway but really it right. was just it's you like know yeah. a dirt little <laughs> a dirt road thing. yeah well the uh, cool part about the history of this cabin too which is special and you know we do have to celebrate all the memories and the oh, years yeah. you guys lived there um but the cool part was that wasn't it your great grandparents so your dad's grandparents built that yes yeah so it was my great grandpa and it was originally a frog farm <laughs> And then he built this tiny little, at the time it was, I think like 600 square feet cabin, but it was for hunting. And I mean, back then there was so much more land. Yeah. So you could actually hunt there. And then they eventually kept that property for so long and moved into it in their old age. And it's small. I mean, it's, Basically, if it weren't for the high ceilings, it would feel incredibly boxed in, but (laughs) tiny little cabin. And yeah, it's been in the family passed down through generations. It's kind of, I think the most beautiful part of the cabin is that my dad um, grew up there. So he holds a lot of memories there. Um, We grew up there as kids for at least um, at the time that we moved. It was definitely during my um, developmental years. Yeah. sixth grade through my ninth grade year. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. A lot of but years. Yeah, so there. not to sidetrack this. No, story, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So this was 20. You were almost 20. You were 19. I was almost 20. I was 19 years old and I was working for free people in Bellevue, which is about a 25 minute drive um, outside of Redmond at the Bellevue mall. And it's pretty big. I mean, that's, it's definitely, um, a destination point for people who come in because it is one of the largest malls within the Seattle metro area. Mm-hmm. And I was working pretty consistently um, there. And I guess I should preface by consistent. I mean, my schedule is pretty set because in retail, you never know when your shift's going to be. But this was mm-hmm. like, I was the primary closing manager um, at the time. So I would go in at about 2 p.m. and get out around 1030 and then get home around like 10:45 to 11 just depending on traffic or whatnot and i was working there and um i'll kind of loop around the story but essentially yeah. what had happened was that i was driving home one night on a friday night and i was recently um dating joshua i was going home that night because I just needed some alone time and I'm driving up the hill and it was probably around 10 30 10 45 that I was going home and there was a an old BMW that was parked right outside of the driveway and that's pretty 
it's very uncommon. Um, un yeah, uncommon and very unusual to have any kind of car park there I was used to having cars parked around that area because it was a good smoking spot for teenagers and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't like super abnormal to see a car there but just definitely directly in front um across the way from the driveway and I remember huh. pulling in um at the time I was driving Elliot my smart car oh so, yeah Elliot yeah Elliot so it was pulling in to the driveway and I remember thinking to myself that's really weird that's weird that there's a car parked out there and I called Joshua because we had just been hanging out and I was like hey you know there's this weird car parked outside of the cabin um I don't really know if like I should call that in or not and he was like I think you should just call the cops like that's what they're there for if it's sketchy and you're feeling weird about it I think you should call it in okay and so then, let's stop right there yeah you you had a gut gut check oh yeah immediately yep okay yeah. and then I ignored it because my mind was trying to rationalize oh maybe you know some teenagers whatever yep. maybe they're out the way and I will say that I have a pretty I'm a very routine individual so normally when I would get home I'd make a full meal for myself I take my hour showers <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and I was very much into meditation at the time. So then I would meditate and go to bed. Um, and for, you know, you could say whatever reason, I truly think that it was God uh, through and through that I did not decide to make dinner. I just ate a quick snack. I didn't shower. I just washed my face. And then I was in my bedroom meditating, and I had turned off all the lights at this point. I had a couple candles lit in my bedroom, and my bedroom was the, uh, as far as the entrance to the property is concerned, it was on the backside. So you'd was really... it your old room that you and um, uh, Chloe had, or no, is it the one it your was mom and dad? The one that my mom and dad had. So it okay. was pretty far from the back, primary yeah. entrance. Yep, it was towards the back of the house. And there's windows that surround that room. So I was sitting down on my bed meditating and then I just felt weird. And I opened up my eyes and all the lights were off and I saw a flashlight um, coming through my window, but there were bushes that cover that window. And that was immediately when I realized like, okay, this is not good at all. Yeah. yeah. And I called the cops because by, I mean, anyone who would, who could have made it down to where the house was, was really on the property. Yeah. And so I called 911 and got through to an operator. And at this point I was pretty calm, but I was just like, someone is on my property. I'm home alone. I'm a female, you know, I don't have yeah. any weapons. And they asked me to um, go into the center of the home because I had explained the layout of the house and there are a lot of windows. So right. I stood in the center of the house and um, kind of described to the operator at the time what my surroundings were and what was going on. And then I noticed that there was a secondary flashlight coming around from the other side of the home. And then I saw a car, presumably... <laughs> the BMW pull into the primary driveway with the headlights on and block off that entrance. Wow. So okay. yep. that had happened. And then I saw the third flashlight. So at this point, the home was fully surrounded by individuals who had flashlights on. Um, the operator, God bless them, man, what a difficult job. But she asked me if I had any kind of weapon um if there was any safe space to hide in the house and the cabin had a loft so That's my right. initial thought was to go into the loft but then I started thinking further about that and I was like well if they find up find out how to get up to the loft then I'm like actually trapped in this small space and there's right. absolutely no way to get out of that so um I let her know like I don't have any uh weapons and she said okay well do you have kitchen knives said, yep, I have a kitchen knife. So I went and grabbed a kitchen knife. Um, and then there on our, 
in our kitchen setup, there's a like a long island that's against a wall. And we used to push our trash can into this small space that was tucked in a very um, small corner. Yeah. And it's pretty central. You can see the front door. You're close enough to the back door entrance. So I pushed myself. I condensed myself into this small space and pulled the trash can over myself with the kitchen wow, knife. Em. Yeah. Yeah. While I was on the phone with the operator um, and then just continued to describe what was going on until I heard them jiggling the, um, the back door. Mm-hmm. And they, it sounded like they were trying to pick at the lock. Okay. Um, so then I started freaking out a little bit and then I just went quiet because I, the operator kept asking me questions and I was like, I really don't want to be talking on the phone. Right. A secondary individual then, um, opened my front door. So had found a way to pick the lock, um, entered the home. He was wearing a black ski mask. Um, like really heavy boots and walked through the door. Okay. And then went straight to the back door and opened the back door. And then both men walked through the kitchen, kind of looking around and went into my bedroom. But I obviously wasn't in there at the time. At which point, um, (laughs) by the grace of God, uh, the operator was like, there are officers that are coming up your your street right now. That's awesome. You're going to be taken care of. Um, I didn't say anything. Uh, and at that point I had hung up the phone just because I didn't, I knew that there were people coming along the way and I was paranoid that they could hear, you know, anything, anything. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so then, can I just say, yeah, Emma, what kind of a woman survives something like this? We just talked about this, but it brings me a little choked up. I, you know, I don't want to revisit the trauma for you because I know that you are in counseling and I'm so grateful and so like proud of you for doing that. But (laughs) what kind of a woman survives that is someone who is smart, super smart. You have to be really smart, (laughs) who, you know, is strong of character Mm -hmm. to be able to consider, okay, what are my options? I'm not going to go to the loft because what of this? And, but I'm saying And what we were talking about before when I was like, I need to have you on the podcast is that this happens all the time and Mm -hmm. some women don't Mm -hmm. make it out. Like if, if you listen to Vicky's um, podcast from last weekend, she shares about a girl here in Reno that was abducted from her car and Mm. found murdered because she didn't Mm. lock the door of her car where she was waiting for her uh, jobs van, you know, ride Mm -hmm. van to, Mm -hmm. to pick her up. So, and that was recent. That's like a year or two ago, but it happens all the time, time. all All the the time. time. And so first off, Emma, I just wish I was right there giving you a big hug. (laughs) I love you so much. I love you so much. I am so thankful (laughs) that you, you know, survived this. I feel like there's a reason, you know, I know you're going to share more um, of the other stories and stuff. So, okay. Just not to leave our guests hanging I guess if you want to finish out that story or move on whatever you feel comfortable doing but yeah you did survive that (laughs) I did survive it and the officers showed up I mean Redmond's a small town so I'm sure as you probably received that call and we're like oh we haven't had anything like this ever (laughs) right okay 15 cars pulled up to my block they pulled in, surrounded the 15? house. Yeah, 15. They were backed 15. up. They were backed up. Yeah. Okay, so, hello. Can we kind of get some of those guys to move around this nation? Because I know, right? Some of the, <laughs> some of the delayed responses from officers, and I love officers, but- But it's know. bad in some places. It really is. Yeah. And I was super, super lucky because, you know, over the course and I, you know, after the fact, it was, it was an 11 minute call. Okay. Which in in a lot of cases, that's not enough time. Um, but it was pretty fast from the moment, you know. So technically from them entering the house, it had to have been about four minutes. And of course, I'm sure, you know, with Vicky or, if, you know, any other people that come on here, that that time frame feels like hours. It feels like oh, so yeah. long. That Every you're just second's waiting. going by. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was 11 minutes and, and they got there and surrounded the house the guys immediately 
left out the front door, left the front door wide open, ran out. Um, and I could hear yelling. Um, the officers arrest all three of them on site. Um, and then there was a fourth who was in the BMW and we pressed charges against that individual for trespassing on the property. Um, he, the first three individuals. So, um, they run out, the officers come through. I stayed in that little corner for a long time. And I waited until, um, an officer did come up to the door and he shined a flashlight through, which then he, I think, realized, like, you know, based off of the call, that that probably wasn't the best idea because yeah. later. <laughs> there were yeah, already yeah. people with flashlights around my yeah. house. And so he, he turned the flashlight off and he looked through the window and um, just tapped on the glass and said, you know, hi, this is Officer Michael, you know, da 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 da. And I crawled out um, and came up to him and, I uh, was in shock absolutely at the time. And he just was like, are you okay? Is everything okay? Yes. You know, I'm okay. Um, Did they enter? Yes, they entered kind of going all the details. And then he said, you know, I don't, I don't mean to alarm you, but it is, you know, part of our protocol to let you know that three of the individuals here were arrested and had previous warrants out for their arrest for sexual assault, battery, a whole long list of things. Wow, Emma. Big angels. Big, big, big big angels. (laughs) Um, And that they had found, and this came out later because they went to trial, but at that particular time, they had found... um, handcuffs and duct tape um ropes trash bags um cleaning supplies uh, a wide variety of things and i found out that it was premeditated so these individuals had seen me at the bellevue mall when i was working and you know my car was parked in a very large parking lot there and they had stocked my home for over a month wow Um, yeah, so that all came out after the fact, and God bless Michael, wherever he is, <laughs> but he <laughs> was the first responder, and he just looked at me, and he said, um, and he, and I'm going to get a little choked up, because it is really emotional, but um, absolutely, he looked at me, and he was like, you know, I have a daughter your age. Um, yeah, yep. And he's like, are you okay? Do you want me to sleep out here tonight? Like, I'll, I'll park oh. my car right in front of your house. Do you have anywhere oh, that you can God. go? Um, so that was really powerful. He gave me a big old hug oh, and Emma. Um, waited for me to call my dad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, um, and so, yeah, thank God for Michael. He was an incredible individual. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was truly really no, really 2018. crazy 2018 yeah 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 yep. so uh, and you I... you are a beautiful strong woman <laughs> that god you know is protecting he has a call on your life you oh know, for sure reason, not that when bad things happen to people that they don't it's just here's the situation is like you were spared there and there's something yep. huge of a message that you can share with women your age like this could happen and um to keep your I love too that you called out the fact about routine because I think that's a big one that people don't realize no not at all I I didn't I didn't yeah if it had been any other time frame you know if I had done all of the little things it could have gone a million different ways which to me was the biggest thing of of going back to what you're saying about intuition I just knew I knew, I knew okay. something wasn't yes. right. It just fell off at the time. And uh, I mean, obviously I didn't think it was going to be that crazy, but, um, you have to trust your, intuition. you have to trust your intuition every Absolutely. time, every even if time. it doesn't make sense. And you're just nope. like, what? That's... Yep. And in fact, Vicky called that out last week. Again, you guys, I don't want to do a spoiler alert, go back and listen, but you know, she's, she has thousands of stories of talking to women, you know, who were in situations just like Emma, that um went different ways all different kinds of ways but in the mix of it uh she always hears a a certain sense of i i had a feeling that Mm -hmm. person seemed like a creeper Mm -hmm. but they're my coworker. but they're my this that cousin's (laughs) best friend's brother you know um whatever and so 
just trust your instincts, trust your intuition, ladies. This is how we build wisely in our homes. And also, I just want to say, so um, I feel like in a way, I mean, this is silly, but as your auntie, because I love you so much, <laughs> um, back when you guys were still in high school, I had told your mom and I had mentioned it, I think even to you girls, yeah. like, we need to have a self-defense class. class. You guys yep. got to take one yep. before you get out there. And the reason is because it's not that I don't like my trust level of good men is amazing. Cause there are good men. There are, there. there are, but there are a lot of crazies and a lot of people who are just sick in the head yep. and that's reality. And so, you know, I would also just want to admo- admonish as many are listening to also then recognize as a woman building your home, make sure your, your daughters and your sons yeah. get self-defense training. Yep. Um, you know, that's another thing that I want to call out is it's not always just the women, but it is way more prevalent among women, females that yeah. it happens, you know, but anyways, yeah, I'm just so proud of you and I love you so much. <laughs> I love you so much. Yeah. It was a crazy, crazy time. And I think, you know, even now, um, I, I 100% disassociated. I've talked to my therapist about this, but, uh, the entire time that I was going through it, it was almost like seeing it from a third eye view where I was yeah. just like watching myself do all of these things, watching wow. the scenario happen. Yeah. And even when I tell the story, it doesn't, it still doesn't necessarily feel like it happened to me. Um, right. which is a common thing, you know, in trauma that your body just goes that much into the, the fight mode that you're not Survival. really associated yeah. to the body at the time. Um, sure. Yeah. But- There's a lady I've been listening to a lot. Um, Sandy Krakowski, and she actually helps people with, um, building wealth and stuff. She's really fascinating. I love her. And, um, but she talks a lot about the neuro pathways and, mm-hmm. and changing that you can actually change some of that. Oh though. yeah. And even those stories and narratives, it's amazing. Um, it so she's going to have some books coming out, I'm sure, in the future. So I hope that, um, you know, yeah, we'll read those. Her. But yeah. 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 Anyway, but um, so now fast forward to, is it 2022? 2022, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And, that, so and is that when that. all the rest of these situations happened? Because you didn't just have one. You no. had... I've had multiple. I okay. went through that and I'll, you know, I'll condense it because I am a, a, a chatterbox, as our <laughs> grandma <laughs> would too. say, and kind of, you know, give all the, the little details around it. But I, so that was the first incident and it was, it, it shook me up. Um, and not at the time, I definitely suppressed it entirely. Um, and I really went through a long journey um, all the way from 2018 through 2019 of just uh, recognizing trauma. And I read a book called The Body Keeps Score, which I yes. highly recommend. Yeah. I keep hearing about this book. Oh, it's incredible. It's really, really dense because it's it's more off of the I mean, it's a little bit of everything, but there's a lot mm-hmm. of science involved in the brain mm-hmm. and how we react to those things. And that really helped me kind of recognize why I made the decisions I made after that incident, mm-hmm. um, because it was the first really like big thing that had happened in my life in that in that kind of context. And then sure. I moved back home to Reno. So that was in Washington. And then I moved back home to Reno um, after realizing that I just needed to be around family because doing that alone, um, sure. without a support, a support system, um, is just difficult and, uh, came back and then I started working at a co-op and, oh, um, yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And had a man, um, stalk me for over four days. And that one was really weird because he'd come into the co-op and then had followed me home one night, but it wasn't home. He had followed me to a bar, the Loving Cup, and ended up being at the Loving Cup while I was there. And I had actually had an, an interaction with him, mm-hmm. um, recognizing his face and and not really putting two and two together, but knowing that I did, I just that it felt off at the time. Right. Okay. That it Another was weird that he was intuition. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the next day, he showed up to my workplace and. 
was trying to talk to me and I was running around doing, you know, managerial things. So I wasn't really focused on anything other than what I needed to be doing. And he was trying to have a conversation with me. And I was like, you know, I'm so sorry, you can go find, you know, so-and-so cashier to help you out with that. You know, just, yeah, wasn't really engaging in it. And then he, um, he pulled on my arm and I was like, whoa. uh," And I yanked my arm away. And mm-hmm. I said, don't touch me. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was, just, yeah. I was just like, don't touch me. That's not the way to get what you want. If you need help, like go ask someone for it, but don't touch me. And my cashier at the time was witnessing this. And so he came out from around the, um, around the bar. Yeah. yeah. And was mm-hmm. like, yo dude, what's going on? And then he was like, well, I'm trying to talk to her. Like we saw each other at the bar last night. You're Emma, right? And I was like, I dude, I'm not trying to have this conversation. I'm here at work. This is not the time nor the place. And to be quite honest with you, I'm not really interested. Like I've got a boyfriend and then he got really, uh, upset with that. And long story short, he ended up um, trying to touch me again, at which point my cashier, who was a black belt at the time, which I had no idea, um, That's awesome. MMA, yeah, um, was like, yo, dude, don't touch her, pushed him off of me or away from me. And then it ensued into a full, like, physical brawl in the middle of a co-op. And it was ridiculous. Not pretty. Um, not pretty at all. And then, you know, cops showed up. And that, I think, was the first time I had, well, I had a trigger, but also the guy who was arrested, while he was being arrested, was like, I know her, I know her, and kept repeating that. And the officers Uh. were like, do you know this guy? I'm like, I do not know this man. I have never met this man in my life. I've seen him at a bar. He's been around here a couple times, but I do not know. I don't even know what this guy's name is. Yeah. Um, They arrest him. The officer at the time, which I won't say any names here because apparently this is just not a part of protocol, but showed me a picture of the gentleman's ID. Um, And the gentleman was from Washington, which then kind of spiraled a whole like wave of paranoia because I know that the trial had been going on for that initial incident. Um, Right. But I was like, I still don't know who this is. You know, like I'm from, I I just came from Washington, but I don't, I don't know who this is. Filed a report on that. um, And then left that job, honestly, because it was not in the best part of Reno and just felt like I, it was just a lot at the time. Um, Sure. For sure. Yeah. You had good reasons. Yeah. I had good reasons. And then, you know, moving up here. I work downtown. So, you know, my first job coming back was also not necessarily in the safest place. And during the pandemic, things just got really rough for uh, those who have, I would, uh, I'll be bold and just say that there's a lot of drug abuse problems and that compounds with mental illness. So Mm -hmm. the people who um, are on the streets and are houseless are not, in the best dangerous. state of mind yeah. they're dangerous yeah. and they're yeah. um chaotic and unpredictable and so there were a lot of you know many assaults with that um and nothing too crazy to kind of derail but i definitely filed many a police report since moving here and then the most recent one um was back in may of this year and well actually just prior to that was in April and I was walking home after a shift um, and I had moved jobs. So I was a little bit closer to home about five blocks away and in a pretty busy like nightlife area. Um, But there's retail shops there and we were open about two and a half hours later than everyone else in the surrounding area, um, which had not been an issue yet. Uh, But I was walking home and I was, it's a very, very busy area. It's Broadway. Um, and for those people that may be listening that are in Seattle and yeah. I never wear headphones. I think that, you know, just in general, women should not be walking around with headphones in, please, for the love of God, <laughs> just yeah. don't have your headphones in when you're walking places. Yeah. Um, have your eyes wide open. Have your eyes wide open. Yeah. And I was walking home. It was raining earlier, so I had just, like, closed my umbrella, and it was hanging off of the side of my hand. 
and I had my little backpack and I was walking home on this busy street and there was a guy who was visibly drunk and um, was like kind of propping himself up against a wall and I was just observing and had made eye contact with him um, and then continued walking on and kind of sped up my walk. And I could hear him following me after that. And he followed me for about two blocks. And then he started yelling and was like, hey, like, hey, stop walking so fast. I'm trying to talk to you. And I just ignored him and kept walking. And then I heard him running behind me. And I had turned around right as he was behind me and he yanked on my backpack. He was younger too, was not, you know, um, I mean, obviously he was drunk, but not like a a super visibly sketchy individual. You know, he had nice clothes on or whatever. And um, I whacked him on the side of the head three times with my umbrella, which was metal pretty hard and was screaming at him. Um, and mind you, there are people on the street. There's, there are men, there are women. Yeah. Did anyone intervene? Nope. No one intervened. And some other guy was like, yo, yo, yo. So someone after the fact that I had, you know, hit him with my umbrella was like, you know, leave this gal alone. And I just booked it. I I don't care if I'm making a scene over that. I ran all the way home. Um, and that was around the time that I had called and talked to my dad just kind of wanting comfort about the whole situation and going over everything and then he was like okay this is enough is enough we're gonna get you a taser um (laughs) okay so it was actually your dad's idea yeah oh yeah I didn't know if it was yours or or what another thing that you know is so important um is to have some kind of a backup protection and oh yeah you know Vicky talks a lot about having the um pepper spray, which that's, I learned that my first, um, when I first took self-defense in the 20, in in my twenties. And then again, I took a, um, you know, uh, like a refresher course with Vicky, like five or six years ago. And you know, that that's the whole thing is, you know, have some, like have something. I, I don't remember all her reasonings, but pepper spray I know is, is tops because it's something, you know, that definitely innate, uh, immobilizes the person and you can run away. An inhibitor. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I have my, um, so I had already, I already had pepper spray. I also had a necklace that I would wear that was like, it looks like a cute necklace, but it turns into a knife. It's um, your weapon. It's my weapon. <laughs> and I, um, well, I'll just say this from my point of view. Sure. Um, because it was, the reason I had called my dad was because in that instance, it had happened quick and I did not have time to, I had had my pepper spray in my pocket, but I did not have enough time to, which, you know, it seems silly, but put my hand into my pocket, pull my pepper spray out, pull the pepper spray out, flip the switch, and then immediately spray this person in the face with pepper spray Okay. The easier thing was to hit him with what I converted into a weapon. Um, but just realizing that that um, those yeah. steps and just the distance too, because he was coming yeah. from behind me. So even if I had sprayed and it had missed, and then he'd gotten more angry, upset, or what have you, um, and even close contact weapons like knives, like you, you honestly don't ever want to have to use that because that means that you're sure. close enough to use something like that. Right. Um, which, you know, in, unfolds into a whole wide range of things. But I had talked to I had called my dad just like, I don't know what else to do. Like I, right. I have, right. a, I have pepper spray the, none of those things were my immediate reaction to the situation. Um, let alone if he had tried to come up and grab me or if there was a struggle that ensued you know so we were chatting and he was like well a taser probably would be the smartest idea and you would have it out in your hand or in your in your coat pocket or something immediate you know um and we looked into all of these different options and we got a stun gun so it's a police grade and I did have to register it but it's uh there's a cartridge in there that has prongs that shoot out to um about a hundred yards away from where you would be standing. And they're pretty intense. I mean, this is a gun that you could continue to 
press the trigger and essentially make someone pass out from this. But then okay. also there's, uh, if the cartridge is pulled out, it has a stun gun. So if you were to, you know, push it into an individual, if it was close contact, they would be tased that way as well. Um, and then you could put a, a cartridge back into it and tase them on the ground. So in May, did you have to use it? I did have to use it. Um, it was the first time I had used it, which I would strongly advise anyone who, who does invest in a taser to practice and buy some extra cartridges. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I had had this guy who had also stalked me for a day prior, showed up around my work, was lingering around my work, which has a, a big window so you can see what's going on from the street view. Um, and then he had sat on our stoop and I was getting ready to close. We still had customers in the store and I went to pull our um, big metal gate to close off um, one of the entrances because there's a metal gate that closes our doorway and then the door that we lock. Um, and I was like, hey, dude, you know, like, can you can you gotta move, move down one? You got to move like I'm closing down shop. And he was like, oh, well, I like I made eye contact with you through the window and I just felt like, you know, we might, we might have some things to talk about. Like I would just love to chat. And I was like, no, I, I'm not really Doing not going to talk to you. I yeah. have a boyfriend and also like, I'm trying to close dude. Like you, you, you got to move. And he was like, well, I can wait. And I was like, no, I really don't want you to wait. He was like, no, I can wait. And I was like, okay, well, can you wait over there? <laughs> so I and can shut this and so get I can out of here. shut this door yeah and he was like oh well I mean sure and so then he moved and um was waiting um and I continued doing my job and we still had customers in there so we kind of walked through the whole thing and um and then I had ushered them out at which point he was a little bit further away from the doorway um and then he proceeded to shake the gate I ignored him because I'm like I'm not coming out there to talk to you I've already said that twice now and then he pulled his phone out and started filming me and cussing profanities through the window I'd called the cops at this point um and let them know what was going on and then you know they were like yeah that was a whole thing wow. uh it took a really long time for the cops to get there to the point where he was physically pushing his weight against this metal gate to get it open. Crazy. And I had then opened the door. I had my taser and I said, if you don't, I'm going to tase you. And he said, well, I'd like to see you try. At which point I taste him or attempted to but I didn't get it within range so the prong one of the prongs hit um the metal gate and it skewed the secondary prong um about like an inch away from this guy and okay. then he became super violent I left the cartridge there uh I was on the phone with the cops while this happened so they heard me uh say all of this on the phone right um and then but say, they oh, still took how long forever to get forever there. for Seattle yeah. forever. I mean, it That's was over a half an hour. Yeah, yeah, it was over a half an hour that mm -hmm. I had made the initial call. And then we had had um, our neighbors call in uh, the security guard from Numos who had also interacted with this gentleman and asked him to leave. And he's a big burly guy. And he did get him to cross the street, but he kept coming back. And I mean, obviously, this guy, had, he's a security guard for a music venue across the way. So it's not, he's not our personal security. So he couldn't sure. be there the whole time. But yeah, there were m multiple measures from the block um, and people surrounding that had tried to get this guy to leave. Um, and it wasn't until they heard me pull the, the trigger and it's loud. It's a really loud. Uh, sounds I like think, a gun. Yeah. No? It sounds like a, yeah, it pops. And then there's a that, 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 that for like, you know, for however long you're holding it. So okay. they've heard okay. that. And then she was like, okay, ma'am, there's someone on the way. <laughs> My God. Yeah. Um, and then they finally showed up. Uh, Seattle Police Department, I really don't have the best. Uh, they leave a very foul taste in my mouth. But they showed up to the scene. They had arrested the individual. Um, yeah. So yeah. that had happened. And then I filed um, a 
we had him trespass from the store and I filed for harassment so that it would kind of get pushed through the pipeline. Um, and then I found out this was all in May of this year. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just received a call last week. Um, and I was delivered subpoena papers to, um, go to court as a witness in this case, he assaulted another woman after being let out of jail because wow. they detained him for 72 hours. Wow. And Emma. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty crazy stuff. Pretty um, crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, yeah. And I think that, you know, here it is in this concentrated situation of having experienced this you know nine different occasions different scenarios and um and it sounds like when we were talking from the beginning one of the things that has come out of this is realizing like self-care is needed and protection mm -hmm. is needed mm -hmm. right absolutely it's like eyes wide open how do i get prepared um, when you come back to Reno next time, we're going to take a self-defense class with Vicky. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Chloe and Molly and all the girls. Anyways, because I just am like, you know, it's one of those things where everybody thinks it's not going to happen to me. And oh, yeah. the fact that it's happened this many times, um, you know, I just, you know, you just, you realize like as a woman, there are certain things, sadly, because our world looks always at different things in the outward appearance right and like yep. is always going to degrade in some ways not all men do this I'm by no means no. I have a high regard for really good men <laughs> yeah you know but there are many people out there who just degrade women do not treat with respect and also um you know yeah are just are of that nature. And because of that, as women, you do have to take certain regards, like, you know, having each other's back when you're together in a group of women, yeah. making yeah. sure that you're not doing routines, like you said, called out, like trying to figure out how I can break up the routine or whatever. Um, you know, having self-protection, maybe not being in certain areas at night. Like um, there was a story actually that happened, um, you know, where I work, um, I don't know, but anyways, basically one of our, our coworkers was riding her bike home at night from the warehouse mm -hmm. and, um, long story short, a guy came out on a bike in a kind of a sketch area while she was riding home, um, naked, completely naked oh my God. and said, <laughs> you know, Hey, I just want to hang out with you and talk to you. And she's just like, like no, keep I'm calling harder. the cops right now. And, you know, and she called the cops right away. But the thing is, you know, from that, you learn some things like, okay, she probably needs to change her schedule too. You don't want to be drive riding your bike that because there's crazies, you know what I mean? Like there's crazies. There is. So, and I'd say know. too, you know, um, yes, yes, there are. And I mean, a lot of the other um, pretty much the rest of the incidents that occurred were during business hours right. in the daytime. I mean, I've right. had, I've had sketchy yeah. things happen to me when I'm walking to work at 9 30, 10 AM. And I've had conversations yes. uh, with yes. my coworkers anytime, anytime. anytime. And I think that that's a really, really important thing to establish, unfortunately, and to call for out. Yeah. women and to call out because I've had conversations with Oh, you know, my girlfriend had this sketchy thing. Da 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 da. It was at you know seven a.m. She was trying to get on the bus, and maybe she should not work that early. And um, you know, it, it it kind of falls into that. Not that we should always be living in fear, but there is awareness that right. has to be had. And um, just be by virtue of being a woman, honestly, yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, and it sucks. It's it's sad. super sucky. Because that's not, you know, that may not be the narrative for a lot of men. You know, they don't have to think twice oh, no. about the shift they take. No, never. I don't right. think ever in that regard anyways. Um, right. And I, and I remember telling, um, it was actually uh, this girl's boyfriend who was telling me about, you know, my girlfriend just had this incident and da, 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 da. And I told her she should not be working this early. And I had asked him, well, does she carry anything on her? Um, no. Okay, well, you should probably start there. And also, yeah, it doesn't job, really yeah. matter what time it is. I have changed my schedule a million times and still situations will happen at 5 p.m. when there's you're daylight right. out. So right, if you're Emma. living in a big city and just in general, I mean, a lot of 
um, blind, you know, abductions occur at least in grocery store parking lots right in the daytime at 3 p.m when people are around because you're no one's expecting it and it's just calling that out it's so important to know it is and to just be aware you know uh especially here in seattle there's lots of girls that have their cutesy little like you know resurgence of hello kitty big old headphones on no (laughs) (laughs) you're walking unfortunately you're walking target with that like you know you really there's little things that um suck because you don't get to listen to your jams while you're walking but like you know those things should should be taken into account (laughs) yeah for 10 minutes yeah and such a common good thing and i one of the um one of the weird incidences that I happened was literally at 10 a.m. when I was at the store, you know, like there, it doesn't matter when, um, when, but I, I don't know. It's hard. I, 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 um, I'm just glad that I could have, that I could share because there's a lot of information that I've absorbed since it happened. And I remember talking to Chloe about it recently because when I first moved up, um, to Seattle, I would park now knowing the Seattle area really well like in a super freaking sketchy area that had free parking and I would walk to Capitol Hill from that area and and I would get in my car alone and wouldn't tell people like there's a lot of little things that oh yeah um, that's another thing huh is telling people like your plan what you're doing yes where you're gonna be that's good yeah that's a serious thing that recently especially with the female coworkers that I have they all laugh about it and it's, I don't care. Cause I'm like, I, they laugh about what? Well, I'll tell them, um, text me when you get home, like for real, like actually for real, let me know yes. when you get home. Well, yes. when, when, whoever is leaving, whatever time of day it is from their shift, I'm like, okay, walk home safe. Like text me when you get home and they do. And it's always like a ha ha, like home, you know, within 10 minutes or whatever, however they're long, however right, long right. their walk is. And I also have, um, my location shared all the time I love it. Mm-hmm. with um, my mom has my mom, Chloe, Michaela, and Solomon. And then um, through iPhone. Yeah. Through iPhone. I have my, uh, I have my location shared indefinitely with those I people. I love that. So, I mean. I- so ladies, as we are wrapping up this podcast, I do have one more little section that I'd like Emma to share because it's from her heart of just wrestling, you know, with her dad and trying to figure out, get wisdom. But the reality is um, that when you are a victim of domestic violence or um, this kind of violence or attack, uh, there is no rhyme or reason to it. A lot of people will like to call out and say, you know, oh, if you would have been working at this time or you didn't, if you wouldn't have worn that or if you look like this. But the reality is... Those who have evil intent out there are going to act on it whether or not you look any certain way, right? Like James and I are both crime buffs and we've watched enough shows to realize it can be anyone from, you know, somebody attacking an old woman in ways that should never even be talked about to, you know, um, pastors to, you know, there's, I'm just saying that There is no rhyme or reason to it. And so I want to shut down the lie that there is, you know, somehow um, a certain method you can follow for not to, you know, for not to be a victim, not to be a target. But the reality is, no, you might be a target for a ton of different reasons. And it could be any time of the day, whatever you're wearing, wherever you are. And know that what you can do in wisdom is to be aware Keep your eyes wide open. Use the tools and tactics and things that have been taught in self-defense courses. There's a lot there. And that's why I really highly suggest you take one, as well as your family members. And also be aware of, you know, certain things like Emma's talking about the iPad. I mean, the iPhone, you know, being able to share your location. Hopefully it doesn't come down to that. Um, but different things, right? So the reality is there are tools that are out there, um, pepper spray, tasers, even just your own bare hands and certain stances you can take. Um, So there's a lot there. In all of this, though, I do want to um, call out that a lot of victims 
struggle with this, where they think that maybe it was their fault. They would have been doing this or hadn't done that or this or that. And I want to say as a victim myself, um, you know, as a young child, certain situations that happened, I always struggled for years until I got counseling with this thought that maybe I was the one to blame, that it's me, that it's my fault. And that is just so evil and it's from the pit of hell. So I want to shut that down. And I want anyone who's listening to know um, that it is not your fault. If you've been the victim of domestic violence, if you've been the victim of a crime like this, um, some kind of an assault, you know, it is not your fault. And my hope and my prayer is that you will get the counseling, you will walk through this and, you know, wrestle with those thought patterns and those thoughts that tell you somehow this was your, your fault. Um, no, there's evil in the world. There are evil things that happen to good people. And so um, I just want to encourage you in that to really take that to the nth degree and, um, and go with that. I'll have some more thoughts at the end, but I wanted Emma to be able to share her heart as she was wrestling through this, as a lot of victims do. 20 minutes now yeah yeah because there's lots of little things like you know the the situation that happened with the guy and the umbrella I remember telling my dad I was like dad I had maybe it's because I had my hair in like pigtails because I did yeah like I had my hair in pigtails like maybe that's why you know he thought I was just in it you know they're weird creepy thoughts you know like and and he was like you know sure that might have played a part but really it's just because you're a young woman and unfortunately that just is the way that it is and you know and um and so not to say that women should suppress those things like you can dress however you want it shouldn't be the way that it is where if you're wearing a skirt um (laughs) that assaults are more likely, you know, but, um, but just being cautious and aware aware and to keep your head up. And there's a lot of things in articles that I've read recently. Um, in Seattle, it's kind of nice. There was this whole, uh, it was a psychology report on, well, this individual, and I'll have to find their reference for you and send it to you. So maybe you can link this, but, um, there was an individual who did a bunch of interviews on rapists that were incarcerated and um, asked them, you know, well, what, what did you look for? Um, secluded areas, of course. Uh, yeah, mm. it is far okay. more common to happen during the nighttime. So okay. time of day is a, a big one. Headphones was another big one. Wow. Uh, looking down, any woman that was looking down, Um, or not making eye eye contact with other individuals on the street. That's powerful. Um, if they had a bag versus a backpack, which is an interesting one. Um, I guess that like that it would be easier to grab them because you can pull them from the back. Yeah. Okay. Um, and their, you know, their body weight would be pulled from a direction that would make it easier. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also just like if those items were to be left, uh, a backpack would come with the individual if they're being abducted versus a bag that could be left on the street and their information could be identified, hmm. um, which is all very, very interesting. Um, and then also just the type of shoes. <laughs> really? That a woman was wearing. Yeah. Really? If they were in high heels of any kind flip-flops were another big one because you can't uh, run you can't run in them interesting wow yeah um so you know like little details like that from the mind of a really twisted individual but it's important I think for for us as women to to know that that's kind of um those are all details that you don't yeah, really, that, that you shouldn't have to think about, for. but you should. Yeah. yeah. The bad people are looking for that. Yeah. People yeah. want in, to injure or harm you are looking for and that you need to be aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Emma, it's so good. Um, just to get the story out there. I, you know, um, I'm really grateful that, you know, you're also getting, you know, the counseling and the healing because those are multiple different, you know, traumatic incidences and um in the mix of it as well you know it's one of those things though as we tell our story 
there is a um, power in it because it empowers you. You got through these situations. You used your brain. You, you know, had, you know, preparations made in the future as well. And just all the different things. And um, anyways, I just, I just love you so much. (laughs) I love you so much. I'm glad that I could could speak out on it. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know it's heavy. It's a heavy topic. It's not something. It is heavy. Like you said, it's not something that you make a fun documentary about or. No. It's the the (laughs) darker side of TV. (laughs) It is. It is. But it's the necessary, you know, I think it's important. And I, um, I guess the one last little thing that I would say, um, just as advice, because by the end of the article and all the stuff that I've read since, you know, those incidents happened, um, is to walk with confidence. And I love it, especially if you're living in a city and to, to look at people, to look at people, to look in their eyes. Um, and say, I, I am that not that a target. <laughs> weird. Yeah, but it is. It's a powerful yes, thing to say, like, powerful. I see you. Yep. You're not an anonymous individual. Um, and t- to not keep your head down. Like, you know, there, there is that tendency when there are creepy men around. But it right. shows them that, like, no, I'm not. I'm going to be a scratcher or a biter, (laughs) you know, like I'm not going to go down a very, (laughs) not going down easy. Yeah. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so good. Well, I love you, Emma. Thank you so much for sharing. And I love you um, ladies. I hope that in this story, you can walk away uh, with the sense of, you know, knowing that you can, you know, prepare yourself in multiple ways, um, just to be aware and to be alert and, you know, to take your, your, um, you know, safety seriously. And that's Mm -hmm. the thing that a lot of women don't do until after the fact, Mm -hmm. until after situations happened, then maybe we think about it, but can we start thinking about it now? Yeah. You've heard Emma's story. (laughs) Can you please Start thinking about it. Start planning for your own personal self-protection. I don't know what that looks like for you. It could mean you take a course. It could mean that you get a pepper spray or register a taser, you know, um, and start learning to practice to use it. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what that looks like, but I guarantee wherever you're listening, there are, there have got to be some kind of self-defense safety courses. And the good thing about Google these days is even if there isn't, you can go online and find some. You know, you can find material that's going to help you be aware, like just everything Emma just shared at the end of this. Um, those are those are little nuggets that you can mm-hmm. do to be aware of your surroundings and to protect yourself, to protect your family. If you have younger kids, you know, I would recommend getting them in a self-defense course. It may look Absolutely. like martial arts. It might look like true self-defense class. But anyways, love you, ladies. And thanks for listening. And thanks, Emma. Mm-hmm. Ladies, as you can tell, this is something that's very close to my heart, Um, having to interview my niece who has experienced these situations is tough. And, um, you know, when I was interviewing her, a couple other thoughts came to mind and in the process of even talking to others, realizing and recognizing as a believer, we can call on that name of Jesus wherever we walk into. There is a book um, by Jackie Pollinger called Chasing the Dragon, and she went into a very intense part of Hong Kong when there were drug addicts and all different things, and she felt called to be in that place at that time. And, you know, calling on God in the mix of that, where she could have really truly been in danger and, and her life not had been spared, but but God. And so, uh, ladies, one of the other things that I believe is a weapon, and it's a weapon of our warfare, that in the spiritual realm, as a believer, we call on the name of Jesus. We cry out to him. We ask him to give us wisdom. We ask him to give us understanding and discernment and to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That's what the Bible talks about. And so I want to implore you in addition to, you know, looking at a plan for yourself, your family, when it comes to being um, aware and, and in walking in self-defense, also be aware you have a God who is great. You have a God who is amazing and who is has sent out his angels to minister salvation, to minister protection, Um, throughout the earth. So 
call on the name of Jesus in the mix of this too. I don't want that to be lost in this message, but I do think it's also important that we, you know, call out the need to be aware and be wise in this world that we live in. So I just want to thank my niece for sharing. And um, I am praying for all of those who have experienced situations like this, that you would continue to go on and get the healing that is necessary. And, you know, the restoring of your neural pathways, which have been altered in in triggered into, you know, fear and even survival because of situations like this. And I pray to God that the rest of you listeners who've never experienced this never will, and that you'll take some of these things seriously so that you don't have to, or that if you do, you have the tools to, to, to get through and to say, sustain yourself and your family. Thanks ladies for listening. I look forward to um, talking to you again soon. Have a great one.